0: So We've been spending time here uh, over the last couple of weeks, and we're talking about um, really uh, discovering, as I've seen over my 30 years, uh, serving the Lord and really desiring to understand not only for myself, but really understanding that the ways of the kingdom of God are the ways of the future, like the ways of success, the ways of abundance, the ways of life, and really desiring to understand how to help, first of all, myself to get rid of all of the misery that's going on in my life, but then also understand it to the degree that it can be transferred into the life of another person and be able to help another person to go through that same journey and hopefully not go through so much of the pain and misery that I went through, although everybody gets their, their bit, but uh, just to, be, to learn it from a kingdom perspective how to speed things up. One of the things that I've noticed about the, about the kingdom is the issue of saving souls, and most Christians can understand, okay, this is my job, as a Christian, to save souls. And then we go on and explain to people how to get their spirits to heaven rather than understanding how the kingdom wants a soul saved. The soul is your mind, will, emotions, imagination, intellect, your personality, all of those type of things that go on on the inside of your consciousness and your subconsciousness, for that matter and discovering how the kingdom of God is driven towards a transformation in this part of our being so that we're not just Christians who live still in fear, dread, and selfishness, who live in misery, who live in torment, but we become those people who experience in our consciousness, experience even in the world around us the goodness and the blessing and all that God has for us in the kingdom. And Discovering that then has kind of helped me to go and boil down what are the main things, what are the main abilities that a Christian needs to have in order to prosper in the kingdom, in order to come in and really see themselves advancing forward in the ways of God. Because the, the, you know, the promo for Christianity is phenomenal. The marketing for Christianity, you know, if you come in, you got to pray this prayer. God will get your Mercedes Benz by the morning. You just have to tell him the color, and everything is gonna go great for you, and it's all gonna be awesome. And then when you get to heaven, you, when you die, you get to go to heaven. And everybody who's not signing the deal, yeah. everybody wants to sign that deal. Right, yeah. The problem is, is that we have to begin to discover in order for that to become a reality in our lives. I'm not saying that the marketing is not true. The marketing is true. Uh, The issue is is we have to contend with some of these other abilities that we have to develop in order for the ways of the kingdom to have the ability to manifest in our lives. And so we've discussed these then with, first of all, controlling negative thoughts and emotions. These are all in the tapes. I won't go through them. The second one is that you have the power to see in tomorrow something different than what you have uh, experienced in the past. The third one is the ability to trust God. And trust his word, because there is a, a component in our Christianity that says, I must be able to uh, follow God even when the world around us seems to be going in the absolute opposite direction. When it's supposed to be getting better, but it's actually getting worse. Then you have to be able to be that person that says, you know, in spite of that, I'm going to trust God. Yeah. And like a child going to t- going to Disneyland from Buffalo. You know, there's a lot of times when, our, you know, Daddy, are you sure you're going the right way? And they just have to trust and to learn to trust. Daddy knows where he's going. We're going to get there. The destination is there. We're on our way there. We don't have to worry about whether if we just keep going south, we're going to run into Disneyland. You know, that's something that you have to develop or in, the, as in for human beings, we have that coming in. Olivia trusts absolutely, and we actually learn not to trust, and we have to come back around then, understand how trust works, and come around again and learn how to trust God, how to get the mechanism, the circuitry in our mind in order to trust God. The final one that we're gonna talk about today, just for a, a little bit, um, is, is this final one. You must know... This is going to be kind of a weird one. You must know what to think, but more importantly, how to think. Can I tell you something? Our world is a very weird world in in this way because our academic system does not major on teaching us how to think it majors on teaching us what to think and the problem that you get into there religion has fallen into the same boat because we've always had this sense that we don't have a lot of time from a government level or from education system you know you kind of got to get it done so one plus one equals two just repeat after me one plus one equals and go on to the next thing but poor child doesn't understand why one plus one equals two and so because of that, we're just moving forward and we just want people to get through a test or get through a grade a- average. And then once we're done with that, we end, up, uh, we end up forgetting everything and there's no practical application of that. I remember one time, I'll just tell you a little bit of a story, where I was working with a friend of mine, where's my marker, and we were trying to figure out how much... We were building a, 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 a softball... Uh, uh, what do you call those things? It's called a baseball diamond. There we are. And he was trying to figure out how much sod, you know, those pieces of grass, you know, they're, they're like this big by this big and how much sod we had to put uh, by in order to put sod in the outfield. And so you can just imagine what this thing looked like. Like here's the infield. How does it, how does it go again? It goes a diamond. Yes, thank you, whoever said that, thank you. And then you have this outfield area here that we had to figure out how much sod goes into that area there. And so what they started to do was portion it down into little pieces of sod, and then we were going to count up how many pieces of sod there's in there. And I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, okay, that's not going to be the most efficient way to do it. Why don't we just get the area of a circle, which is what? Pi r squared. And take a quarter of that and then find the length and width of this square that is here and subtract it from that amount. And you'll get the exact answer. Now, I'm not, and I'm not boasting here, although this is kind of cool that I could do this. It's because the understanding is there when I learned math. Now, thank goodness the teacher that I, not my thing, it's the teacher that I had was giving me an understanding of how to do that we did the same thing up on the roof. It was going to be really important to me that when we put those tiles on the roof, that, you know, they're all done in horizontal lines. And when we get to the roof, you could have it. How many of you seen a roof like that where the lines kind of disappear into one end and grow on? And so you can tell that the roof is is off, right? Very important to me that that thing, once we got all to the, that's at the end of the job now when we get those, that last row of shingles up there, that it was going to look nice and square. How many of you yes. say it looks nice and square? Yeah, yeah. Well, figuring out how to make the roof square is something we all learned in math class. Yeah. But it was a test. And you did the test and forgot about it. Now you have to build a roof and you don't know how to make the roof square anymore because we didn't, it actually didn't make sense, didn't understand how that was actually going to happen. This happens all the time in our world now. So many people have memorized a lot of information, but the mechanism of how do you think, it's not really there. And so even when we come into the ways of the kingdom, we can tell, you know, there's all kinds of information that is in the Bible. And we've majored on learning the information. You know, what are the, I can tell you what the 10 commandments are, I can tell you where they are, and what the, what the reference is, and, what do they mean? You know, when a Bible says go to church on Sunday, they say, well, I've memorized that one. Okay, but do you go to church on Sunday? <laughs> this is where we get into a problem because it's not in the memorization part of it. it is, there is a reason, there is a meaning, there's a purpose that is trying to be expressed in this. Oftentimes, we get into this other problem where we use information in order to create conformity. This is oftentimes why we use education for young people, is we're trying to get them to conform. We're trying to get them to you know, figure out how to live responsibly or productively or con- in a contributory way in our world. And so we've got to get them to conform. The problem that you get into is when you teach them what to think but not how to think, you create rebellion. Because that person then says, I don't want to conform that way. I don't want to learn math. I don't want to get to do art class. I don't want to do this. And so then because they don't recognize why they should learn something, they don't know how to process that information. Why is this important to me? What does it actually mean to my life? All we're doing is we're just empowering them to gather information. And then you have kind of like, I think, what happened with Jesus in, in Luke chapter 15 when he's interacting with these two, the prodigal son story. Do you remember that story where there's an older brother and there's a younger brother? We kind of focus on the rebellious older brother, uh, you know, in the things that he's running away and he's... And, but you understand that the problem is also in the older brother. That we've got one guy who's religious, just doing what he's told, but doesn't understand what's going on. And then you get the rebellious one who is rebelling against that and still doing something wrong. Instead of us understanding what Jesus is trying to share with us is you have to learn to think about the information. And uh, even when he is sharing about the, the mechanism that he used in order to teach people. I always thought that when I first came into this, I'm kind of like an academic or intellectual style of a person. I was looking for the chapter of the Bible where Jesus tells us the top 10 things in life to be successful. And then I was going to memorize those things and do them. And I looked and looked and looked. How many of you found anything? See, Jesus didn't do that. I mean, he's a pretty smart guy, but he didn't do that. What Jesus did is he went around telling people stories that we refer to them as parables. Mm-hmm. And it, the, in, it's, in Matthew it's, in 5, it says, and Jesus went about telling parables, and he didn't preach ever without telling parables. Right. So it wasn't like he did the parable, like I might do here with my little baseball diamond, and then I'm teaching you. He didn't do that. He just told them about the, the, the baseball diamond right. and walked off stage. <laughs> yeah. And the reason that he did that was because he wanted people to think about the meaning of what he had just said. The terrible part about it, though, is that most people did not do that. Most people, even that Jesus was speaking with, they did not understand what to do with the story that he just gave them. So much so that it, the, the Bible recounts it as there was a few people, his disciples, and maybe there's, maybe there's 10,000 people there listening to him, and then there was a few people that came after the fact and said, Jesus, what did you mean by that? Remember in the parable of the sower? Jesus just basically gives them a little, you know, a little agricultural story about how you sow seeds and what happens to them, and then he walked off stage and went to the next town, told the story again waited for there to be somebody that would come backstage that would say, Jesus, can I buy you a coffee? I just have a couple questions for you. Do you have time for breakfast, sunset grill time? So that they could ask the questions. What does asking questions mean? It means that the person was thinking about what did it mean. And so then they're asking a question. And Jesus celebrated the fact that they asked him the questions, and then he went and told them the meaning of the story. Yes. And then that has now been, you know, for our sake, we've had this amazing formula for a personal transformation that has been written down by the master himself, but still we would go back and say, well, I remember the parable of the sower, not quite sure what it means. I think it's an offering story. Instead of realizing, no, there's an enormous meaning inside of that. Here's what we're we're dealing with, is that we, we must learn how to get our mind to focus in on something that is said to us in order to figure out what it means and how it fits and how to mine the real goo out of what has just been said. Otherwise, we get to carry around these beautiful Bibles, but the beautiful Bibles don't ever give us the ability to know what does it mean. I know what it says. I know what happened, but I have no idea what it means. Uh, so Jesus was telling stories, you know, there's stories about prodigal sons and impertinent widows and rich men and judges and masters and servants and shepherds and money lenders and good Samaritans, shrewd managers, Pharisees and tax collectors. Gosh, there's kings and virgins and farmers and farm workers. And they're talking about gates and paths and talents and minas and pearls and treasures, coins and banquets. He's got for the farmers in the room, he's got vineyards and barns and lamps and wine and cloth and weeds and mustard seeds, sheeps and goats for crying out loud. Yeah. But all of those things are talking about something very important. And so we could probably all remember which parable fits with which thing. And each of us gone to Sunday school, a couple felt board people can come and tell us the story that was going on. The problem that we often deal with is that we don't know what it means. And so we're very happy to go along and let's go to the intellectual information, the church government information, the lectures that were given by Paul. We love those because that's kind of our style. But what we need to learn how to do is we've got to go back to the children's stories that Jesus, you know, that you know the guy who knows everything. Yeah. He talked in children's stories, and oftentimes we're looking at it, I don't, I, I, you know, that's a really nice, wow, that was boring. (laughs) Instead of being able to mine out, it's like this life-changing information. See, the other thing that happens is that when you don't understand the meaning of something, you know, I have this amazing quote, I use it all the time, Uh, It says, you know, before you take down a fence, you ought to think of why the guy bothered to build it there in the first place. See, oftentimes, we remove fences all the time, especially in our culture. We're tearing down fences just because we feel like tearing down a fence. Instead of realizing, no, I'm pretty sure that fence might have been there for a reason. You know, the bulls only run once a year, but you're glad the fence is there when the bulls is running. And How do you know that? Now, if you only got there a month ago, you think, I don't see why you need this. Do you see the problem that we could have? And all of a sudden, you and your, all your stuff gets run over by a bunch of charging bulls. That's a lot of the way our culture looks. Because we're just very haphazard about the way we think and the meanings of things. I'm shocked in our culture, you know, if I, if I spend some time listening to people talk, secular people talk or whatever, and you try to say, okay, what did that person just say? They looked good saying it. They, their diction was magical. They didn't do the you know the stuff I do, the "um, the, the uh, b- 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 they don't do that. But they also don't make sense. And if you think about what they're doing I remember I had this discussion. Uh, it was last summer now. Remember we were in the middle of the, the, the trumpophobia and all of that stuff that was going on last year. And so we were talking, and I was just chatting with this one person, and they 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 said to me, "I don't, I you know, I know that Trump is this bazillionaire. I don't know why he doesn't just go and sell all that he has or t- give away all his money and go to Africa and help the people in Africa. Doesn't that make sense that he would do that?" But what I shared with him is said, "Well, the problem is, is that his the, the money of the rich people is not It's not in the basement. It's not in gold bullion." Those are people's jobs who work at his businesses and his, yeah. and his property. I'm not saying, I'm not for or, certainly not now, for or against uh, you know, the f- different things that are going on. What I'm saying is, is that we have to be able to think about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like does that actually make sense? Because on, on a cursory look, it does look like it makes sense, right? right? If, you, if, if, you, if Alex you know, gave away all his money and gave it to me, that'd be awesome for me, right? <laughs> but it, realize that they're going to decrease our economy in order to build somebody else's economy. It's gonna be a zero-sum game. Plus there's not necessarily going to be as good opportunity for them to build over in Africa yet. There's I'm not saying don't do do things, but the concept that money works like that or or rich money works like that is not true. There's somebody who has a job feeding their children in New York City because Trump's money is in New York City. Do you see that? And we have to learn how to think through things like that especially in our culture, when there's all kinds of these ideas that they don't actually work, they're not actually good ideas, they don't make sense, but people run and follow after them anyways because of all kinds of different reasons. The kingdom is certainly about people learning not only what to think, it's very important that you know what to think. You can't just think, or even if you think awesomely, because you can think yourself into depression, how many of you know that? You can think yourself into misery, you can think yourself into divorce, you can think yourself into sickness. You have to know what to think, but when you, when you know what to think, now you have to actually d- determine that I'm going to think about it. There's going to be a time of contemplation that I have to step into. Uh, that is, that is important, otherwise I'm just going to be a person doing what I'm told without understanding what it is that I'm told, and that is always, can I tell you something, always. I've seen this, can I tell you, if you're young children, if you, and, I've, and please, I've seen this so many times I cannot count, where ch- Christian parents raise their children knowing what to do, right? and wrong, do this, don't do this. And the answers, they don't understand why, and then all of a sudden when they get to be 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, we get to find out the rebellion is there and they run away from everything. Rather than there's a good reason why you should go to church on Sunday. There's a good reason why you should not covet. There's a good reason why you should follow the ways of God. There's a good reason that you shouldn't do a whole bunch of the things that our culture says are good. The problem is we have to understand the wise, Or at least be willing, if you don't know the wise, we have to be willing to learn in slow motion. And slow motion means... I need to engage in a discussion that helps a person understand the whys. Or if I am the one wanting to learn, I have to be willing to engage in a discussion that helps me to put all of my marbles back in my bag so that when the information has come to me, I'm actually learning its meaning. And then I decide, does that make sense for me or does it not make sense for me? rather than just buy whatever sales pitch that I've been given. What we do then, uh, Jesus began to speak to him and said that in Mark chapter four, understanding parables is also important. When you understand one, it leads you to understand another. Remember in Mark four, Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, how then will you understand the other parables? And so learning to be a, a, a critical thinker and a creative thinker is going to be important for you to grow through yes. the what I believe is endless revelations of what the Bible is actually talking about. How many of you have noticed that every time you get a revelation, the whole Bible is different? Yeah. Right? And so every time that happens, and so you're learning a whole library full of information, there's a new library every time you get something about what God is saying. Then you go back and read the stuff you read yesterday, and it means, oh my gosh, that's what it means. <laughs> it's like the, like the story I mentioned earlier about the, the, the prodigal son. My brother-in-law says that you know he must have heard thousands and thousands and thousands of stories or preaching times all come out of the story of the prodigal son. You could preach on the prodigal son story, I believe, every Sunday from now until Jesus comes back, and you won't hear the same message twice. Because the revelations are like what Pastor Alex did the other day when he did the woman with the coin. Are you all here for that? It's just a magical teaching you need to get online if you haven't seen it. But it's just like he saw things. I must have read that story a thousand times. But I never saw the things that he saw. And so that's how the scripture works as long as you know how to not just be a story, a woman, lost a coin, swept the place, got rid of her, happy, rejoice, hallelujah, i I going, on we go. Yeah. There's so much more in that understanding of what is there if we learn the mechanism of contemplation. It is in the mechanism of contemplation and questioning. Can I tell you God's not... God's not offended when you go, I think this is stupid, God. What does it mean? I remember when I first learned tithing. Tithing, give away all your money and you'll have more. God, that's stupid. I did math class. You know, 10 minus 1 isn't 100. He's okay with that, can I tell you? That's why he says what Tina said. Prove me. Right? See if 1 plus 1 isn't 32. I know they told you it wasn't. But see if it isn't. And you see, this is where we learn sometimes we've just got, we've got our little box that we live in, and it's very hard for us to get out of that box. And we have to, we, you have to realize, from Jesus' perspective, you'll notice you don't have doctrinal teachings from Jesus. He doesn't have, this is the doctrine of what it means to be a Christian in a Christian church. Paul does that. Because by that time, the whole world had just been exploding with Christianity. And now they had to get some order here. You know, this was, you know, we were losing some control right around the edges or really everywhere. And so they had to create a little bit of understanding. We have just majored on the, on the doctrine. Jesus never talked about doctrine. I've told you this story before. When I remember when God brought me to, you know, with ministry, he said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when you're done, read them again. And he never told me to stop doing that. And so what I've been doing literally for 15 years, not that I don't spend a wee bit of time over there in the good stuff, as it were, (laughs) but I focus on, can I tell you what I'm shocked by? I'm shocked by what Jesus said, Mm -hmm. but I'm equally shocked at what he didn't say, but we say he said. When we build our Christian churches, we're, we're Christians, not Paulians. But most of what we do on church structure is the memorization and indoctrination of Paul's things. I'm not saying that's not important. We do need to know how to use knives and forks and you know, we drive on the left here and all those kind of things. But what's more important is that we do, we have that ability to critically think what, (laughs) thanks, you guys caught caught that? so we're, in, uh, we're actually broadcasting from uh, London, England. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mechanism is that we learn why Jesus put so much pressure on people learning to think themselves. Can I tell you the most powerful reason is because Jesus didn't build the church. Jesus taught everybody, died on a cross, went to heaven. His disciples... Built the church. And to take a moment with that. Then, you know, you get you can get offended at me. But these guys, these eleven, then Paul added back to be twelve. Barnabas, you want to know how many? How you add all this stuff up? It was those guys. They knew what to do in the face of situations, especially Paul, Paul's situation. Jesus never went to the Gentiles. I mean, he went every now and again, wandered around some of the edges with the Samaritans yes. and the. Yes. But he was Jewish. And Paul had to learn how to think outside the box. Yep. He had to understand, what do I do now? Yeah. And Jesus never did the Mars Hill thing, you know, the unknown God and all that, Jesus never did that. Mm-hmm. And so Paul had to know, Peter had to know, John had to know. They had been given the ability to understand the nature of the kingdom and what it is. And then when we understand what the kingdom is, the thing that Jesus came here to talk about, that can be transferred into any culture, into any environment, into any society, into any world. If you understand what Jesus was saying, the kingdom of God will go in every world and it will transform every world and it will make every world better, not just the North American world. And so we're focused then on the contemplation. Do we know how? And you know, it sounds a lot like our meditation department when we learn how to take a scripture and be in the scripture. Think about it. How does it relate? You know, I was talking, we'll talk about this when we get to September. I'm so excited about the, 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 I'm not gonna give it away. But when when we're, we're looking at Jesus and following him through his life, and who was he as a person? See, most people think that Jesus was a religious leader. But can I tell you something? Jesus was anything but a religious leader. He did, if if you had gone back and told him, Jesus, we're going to turn you into a religious leader, he'd have slapped you. And he never slapped anybody. Because the ultimate thing you don't, Jesus did not want to become was a religious leader. But then we turned him into a religious leader. And now we go into our culture and say, would you like to know my Jesus? And they think he's a religious leader. I don't want to be religious, so no. no. But Jesus wasn't a religious leader. He wasn't trying to build an organization. That's why he didn't. I'm not saying we shouldn't have that. Of course, we need to keep the roof off our head and the coffee's hot. But we need to focus on what did Jesus actually say? And then we have to contemplate, think about it. We gotta understand, how does this apply to my life? And it does apply to your life. The children's stories, they do apply to our lives. They're critical for living a life that is successful and abundant and meaningful and and satisfying and life-giving. They're essential for those things. But we have to be able to mine out the information. We have to grasp what it is that he's talking about. Uh, Can I tell you something? It's not about IQ and EQ. It doesn't matter how smart you are. I was, you know, I was talking to the Lord about this when he was preparing me for this point, And I'm saying, Lord, what you're really doing is you're trying to tell everybody that if you're smart, you can do it. And if you're not smart, you can't. Because it sounds like that when I'm saying thinking. <coughs> and this is what the Lord showed me. there is an advantage if you if you have developed yourself in the IQ or EQ emotional intelligence or intellectual intelligence you have an advantage but those things are built those things are you can make them more you can practice with them and they can become stronger and stronger and stronger it's like artistic people if you hang out with Melanie you might say I don't know how to paint that's okay Melanie will take you for a couple of weeks and you'll know how to paint you might not be able to do masterpieces like she does but you'll know how to paint just because you practice it a little bit and you'll learn a little bit let you know and be inspired by it and plus you know what it may take somebody a little longer you know like you i would say to the preachers that are around here when they're first starting off just take time with the parable, take time with your teaching, think about what you're saying, allow it, you know, how does it apply, just let it ball around in your mind, and then try to apply it in real life, and you'll discover a whole bunch of things that you wouldn't have discovered if you were just teaching people what the Bible says. You'll be able to really deliver so much more information, everybody can do it. Your style may be different than other people's style. Stuff that works for you maybe doesn't work for me. Stuff that works for me maybe doesn't work for you. But what we have to learn to do is really get them the juices out of the things that the Bible is talking about. Can I tell you? Jesus told parables and asked questions. Jesus asks 307 questions, recorded questions. Jesus is asked 183 And he answered three. Do you know why? Because if you ask Jesus a question, what did he do? He asked you a question back. Why did he he do that? Why didn't he just answer us? He wants us to think. He wants us to try and work it out. And that doesn't matter if we don't get it exactly right. What matters is we tried to work it out. And as we're trying and going through this process of working it out, we're actually learning how to think. You know, a child's, how many of you know the, a child's most commonly used question? Why? We actually want to know why. When we say things because I said so, I'm, I've been a parent, okay? that's our that's your safety right there like if you're just burned to a frazzle and this is now the 71st why question on the way to sobeys you may want to just tell them because i said so but that shouldn't be our parenting skills there should be a time let's figure out why one plus one equals two let's figure let's make it make sense let's figure out why the bible is true why do we do things certain ways why are we, why do we, why are we kind? I talk about why would you want to be kind? Why is peace better than turmoil? Why is faith better than fear? Why is hope better than dread? And talk, and see what's happening now is when we do that, when we're, some of us didn't get that. Some of us need to start learning some of those skills. and just takes a little time and understanding that we must know how to think. Can I tell you, Jesus was not about conformity. He never told the disciples they had to be this, that, or the other. Stand up straight, dress nicer, wear better shoes, cut your hair. Never said any of that. I'm not saying you shouldn't dress nice, wear bit, you know, cut your hair. I'm not saying that. Jesus didn't major on that. He wasn't looking for conformists. What he was trying to do is get people to understand how to how to understand the forces that get them to the fullest potential of their life. That's what Jesus was trying to do. And if he could get them to understand how to think, he could go to heaven, Everything would be fine. And that's what, where, we're, where we're standing right now, even in the ways of the, the earth today. And we have a lot of people who know what to think, or think they know what to think, but really don't know how to meaningfully understand what it is that they believe. And does it really work? So put your hand over your heart. Ah. Uh, want to Okay, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, put your hand over your heart. say this with me, say Lord. I'm ready for a transformation in the saving of my soul. From now on, I'm ready to control my thoughts and emotions. I'm ready to see in tomorrow something different than I experienced in yesterday. Lord, I'm ready to trust God and trust His Word. And I'm ready to turn my brain on and start thinking about the Word of God. Start thinking about the things that I'm taught and how they mean for my life. And why they're important and how to apply them. In Jesus' name.